Mostly murder. Mostly murder. Hello everyone, um, it's Sophie and Max here for the year 2017's first instalment of Mostly Murder, Mostly Murder. <laughs> boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. Hello everyone, uh, we're back. Um, hopefully we're better than ever, but probably not because we haven't done it in ages because we've been really lazy and rubbish. So Yeah, if we do have any loyal listeners out there, sorry <laughs> <laughs> for the we're way good. it was Christmas and then yeah. we were away. We got a bit too big for our boots, we got a new mic and then we got a bit carried away I think. But we're back and to recap, at the end of last episode before Christmas, yes. Max chose... Um, oh Jesus, Japan. No, did I? Japan. Yeah, yeah you better have chosen Japan because that's <laughs> what I've done. Can't change it now. Yes, I picked Japan. So I have Japanese murder for you. But first, I'd like to just tell you something that I looked up in the office today. Do you want a little murder fact? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. So, did you know how many murderers, or do you know, how many murderers you'll walk past in your lifetime? Oh, really? Wow. Um, do you know, ten? Thirty-six. Thirty-six? Yeah, thirty-six murderers in uh... your lifetime you'll walk past. Or not even more than walk past, you might like be next to and lying at a you know, like a coffee shop or like in the supermarket or something. Yeah, just anywhere. I mean, is this is that serial killer or someone who's ki- you know? That's someone that's who's not, killed. That doesn't include a cab driver. That only includes bike, people who've it? killed one person. Oh, okay. Wouldn't right. be a cab driver. No, a murderer. <laughs> sorry. A murderer. Know, sorry, I'm any joking. cab drivers. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. That's offend. a horrible thing that would have to happen. Yeah. Murderers, um, premeditated murderers, oh, or right, murders okay, of passion. Yeah. I guess maybe not just premeditated, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I heard an interest, uh, a similar fact. In, I mean, this is in the US, obviously, it's a bit more inflated, but I think there are, on average, because this is a fact from the FBI, actually, there are, on average, there are around 50 active serial killers in the US at any given time. Ugh. Just because of the sheer number of uh, murders that go unsolved and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's serial killers on the loose, isn't that's it? A lot. So that's really weird. Yeah, that's another thing. These 36 murderers that you will pass in your whole lifetime are murderers that we know about that have, like, been caught. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. Because a third of murderers never get caught. Yeah. Yeah, wow, okay, God. So there's quite a lot. And do you know what the most murdery town in the UK is? (laughs) It's London, got to be. No, wrong. What? Midsummer. Nope. <laughs> uh, I missed that joke. I was like, "Is that a real place?" I know we blew that. What we not we know murder experts. Um, it's this place called Boston in Lincolnshire. Oh, really? Yeah, but, like the Why? way I don't know, but like worked out. It's That's like awful. murders per hundred thousand people, so it kind of like skews the statistics. So, yeah, like, right. Okay, London has got more murders, but per, per yeah, head. per head. But then, like, that doesn't really work because the city of London has, like, then a lot because nobody lives there. So, like, if there's just one murder, it kind of, like, yeah, throws really, all the odds really out. Throws it but out, yeah. Hackney, woo, is yeah. ninth. Shout so. out to Hackney. Yeah. Woo, Hackney. shout out Hackney, ninth. Well, that's good. Yeah. And Islington is, like, 10th or 11th or something, so I think it's following oh, around where yeah, we live. Yeah, And Tower Hamlets, I'm sure, is somewhere. <laughs> so and that wasn't in there. the list. That it wasn't. wasn't. Oh, okay. Well, not in the top 20 on Do the, the police, mirror. Did the police just not go into the Tower Hamlets? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's poor they didn't seem to when we lived there. Oh. Okay. Now nah, we're only joking. Hamlet. We're only joking to our hamlets, and anyone that lives there, please don't come around. <coughs> Rough hell's me. <laughs> right, come on, let's do it. So onto the murder. Japanese murder. So this is a Japanese murder. Yep. Amber, international listener, woo, shout out, um, texted me earlier to ask me where the Japanese murder was, so we're recording it now, sorry. 
<laughs> Here's the Japanese murder. Well, let's go. Um, so I have chosen this week it a murder that happened in Japan, but that involves a British person. Oh, okay. So this is the murder of a girl called Lucy Blackman. Yeah. It's from 2000, 2001, so it's quite fairly recent. Yeah, this is kind of on our threshold, really. We never really set out to do any, you know, one that uh, really recent. Yeah, this is probably about as recent as I'm going to go. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. So I'll tell you Lucy's yes, tragic story. Please. So Lucy was 21 at the time of the murder. <sighs> so, I know. So what? So she had moved to Japan after working as a flight attendant for British Airways. Oh, okay. So she had been a flight attendant. She graduated. She was from like a nice family. She graduated from a good school with three good A levels, yeah. and she decided to become a flight attendant for British Airways. Yeah. So she did that for a few years, and I think she enjoyed it, and she liked you know the travel and seeing the world and stuff. Yeah. But she said that, or she told her sister that she was tired of always being jet lagged. Yeah, and I can imagine. Yeah, that, that's not an easy jet flight to Malaga every day, is it? That's no. Rather... So she was tired of being jet lagged and sort of long haul route so she decided that she was going to move to Japan with her friend Louise okay. so that kind of might sound like a little bit of a random choice for us maybe but Lucy's idea was that she would move to Japan for a few months because she'd heard that you could make quite a lot of money by being a hostess if you were a western girl uh, uh, what in a restaurant in a sort of nightclub type thing. Oh, okay. Right, so okay. they're kind of like after hours clubs where, you know, rich businessmen come in and then Western girls are kind of the hostess. <laughs> kind of like a modern day geisha-ish type thing. Yeah, right. So okay. she had heard anyway, her and her friend Louise, that you could make loads of money by pouring drinks and just making small talk with Japanese businessmen. Okay. So apparently she was on something like £18,000 a year at British Airways and you could make that in like a month doing this. Oh, wow, so okay. it was kind of like the lure of big money, but also, you know... Spending a bit of time in Asia, seeing the world, yeah. um, and sort of, yeah, exploring, really. Yeah. So how this, how the whole hostessing thing works is yeah. that um, it's kind of like geisha, I kind of said before, but basically they have these things called hostess bars. Right. So it's kind of like an, an after-hours nightclub, a little bit seedy, maybe. Mm, yeah. Um, but, you know, but... they're not prostitutes. No. So you're not, they're not hired to sleep with clients or anything like that. So they're kind of like girlfriends or something, you know. Yeah. So the business, what the businessmen do is they pay by the hour to have these girls for company. So maybe they come in with a okay. couple of businessmen, they'll pay a bit of money and they'll have some girls for the evening, you know, to make small talk with, have yeah, some jokes, pour, pour them drinks, rub their feet or rub yeah, their egos okay, or right. that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's... it's a big industry apparently in Japan. Okay. And most of these kind of clubs have... Japanese and Asian women but sort of in their 80s and 90s more and more Western women started coming over to do it I guess as women were felt a bit more liberated to travel and also once they heard that you could make this kind of quite easy money yeah so, uh, this is a huge novelty factor for, 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 for Western women young Western women I'm sure yeah exactly so actually if you're English speaking kind of good-looking blonde you actually are going to end up being paid a little bit more yeah. because just for that novelty value, exactly. So Lucy was dead on exactly what she wants. She's 21. She's gorgeous. It's photos of her. She's a lovely blonde girl. Yeah. Um, well, BA flight attendants are. Yeah, exactly. So she started doing it and she didn't really kind of get on with it no, that well like to it. begin with. So there are a couple of things. So like you start to work at 9 p.m. at night. You don't okay, finish right. till about 2am. You can earn quite a lot of money and you can get given gifts, but you still have to hang out with 
businessmen who sometimes apparently she told her sister that the accents was so much that she didn't really even understand what they were saying so it's kind of you have to spend five hours in the company of some men that you don't know and yeah it's yeah. a bit of a thing and there are drugs really. everywhere drugs um, <laughs> really yeah lots of booze and drugs not Lucy necessarily but yeah, just in general because it's kind of a tiring so. thing so she didn't like it when she started there was pressure to also go out on these like extra dates with businessmen so that's when they would pay you extra money to go out with them privately oh okay well that's where the real money was then I suppose yeah so that's where the real money is going out in those but she again she didn't really want to hang out with them all the time she was finding it all a little bit much really she said she had emailed her sister at the time saying that it, she didn't really enjoy it and it was like being an air hostess but just not on a plane so it wasn't that dissimilar yeah um, does sound yeah yeah and she'd been sort of propositioned a few times as well she called her mum and said that a customer had offered her a quote fantastic sum of money to sleep with him <laughs> so it's a fantastic, kind of fantastic eh? so although she said she laughed it off and she, apparently she reassured her mother that it's only all she was doing was pouring drinks and lighting cigarettes and apparently discussing boring things like volcanoes I like her <laughs> <laughs> boring things with Japanese businessmen she kind of laughed it off but she's, again, she's kind of confessed that it was getting a little bit much. Yeah, yeah. So, but this was only, you know, in the beginning, the first couple of weeks. So it's always difficult kind of settling into a new place. Yeah, definitely. And so Lucy and Louise, her friend that yeah, came the with her, they're both doing it. Yeah. And they shared a room in the same house. So they were living together while they were doing it. Yeah. Um, and they were both doing the same thing. So at least she had her friend there. But by the sort of start of the second month there, so her first month she didn't really enjoy it. But by the start of the second month, she sort of started to settle down. Yeah, she was earning around £1,500 a week, which is quite a lot. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad. So she's starting to earn more money. She's starting to get a few regulars who want to come in and request her. So she's earning more money from that. Yeah. She's starting to enjoy the nightlife. I guess she's gone full night owl by this point and the kind of yeah. night shift isn't taking that much of a toll. Mm. And she's gone on a few actual real dates. Ooh, okay. With not a Japanese businessman, but with an American Marine. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, okay. who's stationed on an aircraft carrier. So she's kind of okay. starting to get into the swing of things. So she went over in June, I think. And on the 1st of July, she went on a Dohan, so that's these private dates, right, okay. with a customer from Casablanca. Ooh. Um, so this guy, she didn't tell anyone what his name was, but I suppose... That if you're doing a lot of these Dohan type things, it might not be as much of an issue as it uh, yeah, necessarily seems right now, yeah. especially we know kind of what's going to happen. So she didn't tell anyone his name, and he gave her uh, a mobile phone if she would accompany him to a restaurant near the beach. So she was like, yeah, okay, you know, right, not to okay. worry. So her roommate was in bed in their room, and Lucy said bye, and she was, you know, all dressed up nicely. She had an evening dress on and some sandals and a necklace. So they had plans that they would meet up later on in the evening, along with Scott, the guy, the Marine yeah. that Lucy was dating. So they were all going to meet up in the evening. So this is day date. Right, okay. So she called Louise, her friend, first at half one to say that she had had her lunch date. And then she called her again at five to say that he was taking her down to the seaside. And then she called again at seven saying that she'd be back in half an hour. So she's nearly done. She's been on her day okay. date and she's going to come right, back. Okay. And then she phoned Scott, the Marine, a few minutes later and told him the same thing. I'll be back in about half an hour to meet you guys. But then nobody ever heard from her again. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the next day... Louise got a call on her phone from a man with a really thick accent who told her his name was Akira Takagi. Sorry, pronunciation. Yeah, sorry, Japan. And But this phone call from this heavily accented man told Louise, Lucy has joined a newly risen cult. God. She is safe and training in a hut. Okay, well, if she's in a hut, then... So... <laughs> 
Okay, right. It sounds odd. Sounds not great, right? No, no. Not great. So, obviously, Louise told um, Lucy's family yeah. what had gone on. Yeah. And the police and, you know. And the Marine. And I assume the Marine, although he's not mentioned again either. Oh, really? So, I th- he, I'm sure he's fine. Sorry, yeah, Scott. Yeah, So, Louise told the Blackman family, Lucy's sister left immediately to come to Tokyo to kind of look for her and okay. try and figure out what okay. she'd gone wrong. Right. Yeah, okay. her dad flew out a couple of days later after he kind of like handed handed over his business. I don't know why I thought that was an important point to note in my article, <laughs> but you know, he made sure someone else right. was in charge. Yeah, yeah. Which is also important. They kind of were harassing the police. They distributed 30,000 posters with her picture on. They kind wow, of were okay. following up leads. They held a press conference. They were pushing so hard for the police to try and find her because they kind of felt that the police weren't doing enough. Right, okay. So her dad... Tim Blackman was sort of saying, and I agree with this really, he was like, why are you not tracing those phone calls? Like the phone calls that she made off that mobile phone and then also the weird, this weird phone call about a cult, which just sounds like bullshit, I think. Like <laughs> yeah. proper bollocks. Yeah. Especially because her date provided that phone call, didn't he? Or oh, that phone. He bought her that phone that's to right. go on a date. That's right, yeah. So, that's, so yeah. if she's calling off that phone... Yeah, that's... that's trace that's the phone. But they just... It was just really frustrating. And Tim, the dad, said that the authorities told him they couldn't do anything due to privacy laws. They didn't have the technicalities to trace the phone call. They couldn't do anything. Okay. So it was really frustrating for these first two weeks. On the 20th of July, so this has been a few weeks later now since she's gone missing, the police got a letter that was supposedly written by Lucy Blackman saying that she had vanished on her own accord and she was fine, thank you. (laughs) I know. Brilliant. Okay, yeah, this is is brilliant. And then they got similar letters um, which were proved to be a hoax. Mm, shocking. Mm-hmm. So the dad started pushing instead, trying to work out who this man was. Surely where the club she worked. They organised the kind of dohans through that. Yeah. Or at least he would have met Lucy there originally, so can like can they look through these lists of people? Yeah. And the club owner said they didn't know anything about him. And the police were just sort of dragging their feet. And they were kind of starting to worry that people were taking the attitude of whatever had happened to it had served her right because of the job that she was doing. Right, okay. Because although, Classic. you know, she was not working as a prostitute and she was not a sex worker, it was looked upon as a sex so working industry. It seems to be some sort of titillating yeah. business. And she was working there illegally. <sighs> right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's apparently like 300,000 illegal foreign workers in Japan and about a third of them are women working in the sex industry. So that is like an oh, enormous proportion. Jesus, yeah. But it was quite a big deal when sort of a Western woman went missing, if you know what I mean. Oh, but apparently yeah. a lot of other women had gone missing over the years and there'd been no fuss made about it. No, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, a white English woman, I mean... It's, it's, exactly. So um, there's a quote from a woman whose surname is Fukushima and she kind of works with women who have been beaten up working in the sex industry in Japan. Right, And she says that most of the people who disappear, who are mostly Asian or die in mysterious circumstances, they're undocumented and they don't follow it up. Yeah. But, you know, all of a sudden it was news when this white girl disappeared. Yeah. I mean... But, you know, that is, like, symptomatic of that it's a more unusual, but also the Blackman family had, they pushed really, really hard to get this story into the press. Right, so okay. Tim Blackman, the dad, he had a friend who had worked as a limo driver in London who'd given rise to Richard Branson, like a very obscure link, but okay. they followed that up. And then Virgin offered to help the Blackman family open up an office for their investigation. Oh, so, wow, you know, okay. that yeah, they really came and helped. Um, They also emailed the foreign ministry, the British foreign ministry, and they kept calling and calling and calling until they got to Tony Blair's office. 
Um, just coincidentally, Tony Blair was going to be in Japan on the 21st of July anyway, so he actually raised the, her disappearance in to his equivalent guy in Japan, oh, who's wow, called okay, Yoshiro right. Mori. So it really got quite high-level This got result. a hard push in the end, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So after so he was there for like the G8 meeting, and yeah. then after the G8 meeting was over, after he mentioned it, the police told the Blackman family that they'd um, actually managed to solve all those problems in tracing the phone calls. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and they'd set up a hotline... Um, in that Tokyo office, I assume that was helped set up by Richard Branson, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And lots of people started coming forward with quite similar stories. Oh. So God, three right, foreign okay. women in particular came forward with similar stories. Each one had been working at hostess clubs in the same area, so it was called the Roppongi district, okay. kind of this like downtown area, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Within the last few years, and each one had gone on a dohan to the seaside with a well-dressed Japanese businessman. Each one of these three women reported blacking out and waking up hours or days later in this man's apartment. And But each girl, he used a different name, so he either called himself Kazu, Yuji, or Koji. And then in September of this year, so a month or so later, other victims identified a guy called Joji Obara as someone who had date-raped them, and he was arrested in October. Right, okay. So, this is just coincidentally, five days after Lucy was last heard from, so this was on the 6th of July, she was last heard from on the 1st of July, police got a phone call from the manager of Joji Obara's condo, so that's like a beach house. Yeah. And told them a tenant was making lots of noise in his unit the day before. Right, okay. So police went down to the apartment and they found Joji, who's like this property developer guy, naked yeah. from the west wait west up from the waist <laughs> up, and really sweaty. So at this point, the police the poli- <laughs> okay. at this point these police don't know that she's gone missing. Oh right, this is just a right. Sorry, this right, is I'm just a now. noise complaint. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So five days after she went missing, they went round to his house on a noise complaint, and they found him there, sweaty, half naked. Um, they asked to look around his apartment, and he let them in. And there was cement all around the entrance and all around the apartment. There was a big sack in the room, a gardening hoe, and he said he'd been removing tiles. But you know, they have naked yeah. from the waist down. No, from the waist up. Oh right. I Did I say down? You might have done. Oh. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't like that. No, he had trousers. I was going to say that's mental. Yeah. No, he had trousers. That, that's a, yeah. Oh no, he had trousers on. Sorry. Okay, right. Sorry. Okay, right. Okay, that's not that weird. All right, fine. Anyway, they asked if they could go in his bathroom and have a look round, and he said no. You've seen enough, and he got kind of annoyed, and they left. Okay. Right. But at this point, they weren't even aware of her disappearance, and they were not had no reason to be suspicious. Not like they got had a noise complaint. They went round. And they yeah. found a man who had been digging up tiles, topless, not bottomless. <laughs> That might have been just me. That might have been my imagination. Mm. Some sort of... Maybe. (laughs) Anyway. Deepest, darkest thoughts. (laughs) So anyway, so back to the investigation. So that was just a little side note about something that had happened a few days after she went missing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're back to October, where the women have come forward and could have identified this guy as someone who's date-raped them. Yeah. So they arrested Joji Ibarra, and they searched his apartment, and they found um, some of Lucy Blackman's hair. Uh... Um, but they didn't. Hair, isn't it? Yeah, but they didn't find any of her blood. Okay. Um, but they did find a receipt for buying a chainsaw, a shovel, and five thousand videotapes <laughs> made over the course of eighteen years, um, and four hundred of them showed Abara raping or molesting unconscious women. Oh God. Mm. Oh. So there was like a thousand. No, sorry, sorry. A uh, hundred Western women-ish on the tapes. Obviously, they're checking all the tapes oh to see God. if there's anything of Lucy. Um, and one of them was a girl called Carita Ridgway, and she was 21. Yeah. 
and she was Australian. And, and she had actually died in hospital in 1992 yeah. after she was checked into the hospital by someone who they believe was Joji Ibarra. And they found the receipt for that hospital admission in, in his flat. Wow, okay. So she died after she was admitted to hospital but by he had, him. he had taken her he to hospital. He took her to hospital. And they were like, thanks, mm-hmm. don't need to fill anything in, here's your receipt, that's well, it. Well, I don't know, I don't know how it works. Okay, whatever, fine. Um, they also found a note in his diary that said, drug women so they can fall asleep completely. Right, he, right, he needed to write that down, did he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Brilliant. But, so, okay, so they searched his home. They also found, and this is really weird. Okay, go on, um, go. Unrelated. But just another weird thing. All right. They also found a real German Shepherd frozen in a block oh, for God's sake. of ice in a freezer next to a bouquet of roses and dog food. Not a dog. He say he had preserved his dog in the hope that one day science would re- enable him to reanimate, reanimate, reanimate my loving pet into a clone dog. <laughs> sort of Walt Disney. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So whatever. he likes dogs. Well, yeah, psychopaths often like animals. Okay, so they found all this stuff. Right. Yes. But nothing. Absolutely spe- mental. Uh, yeah, and Lucy's hair, but not blood. Yes. Um, but he didn't make a confession. But he was no. arrested, and he found all these videos of him raping unconscious women. He was totally arrested. Fa- you said thousands of videotapes. You said right. Yeah. Bloody hell. Five thousand videotapes, four hundred plus rapes in those videotapes. <sighs> Disgusting piece of shit. Um. So he was arrested anyway. Quickly taken into custody after they found all that. Makes having a drink. So he was arrested. Yeah. Totally arrested. Okay. Um, and he actually wrote like kind of a rambly letter to the media um, <sighs> while he was in custody. I assume he was in custody. It doesn't specify. But he said, uh, these ladies who are supposed to be victims are all foreign hostesses or sex club girls. Many took cocaine or other drugs in front of me and all of them agreed to have sex for money. So okay. he just has like no remorse. He no. doesn't give a shit. No. But the women told him like, I've got like totally different stories and all their stories are very similar. Right. So he basically met these poor women in hostess clubs, invited them on these Dohan dates, drove them to the sea and then took them into his apartment um, by, you know, kind of luring them in, inviting to cook them dinner, said he was going to take, wanted to take them to a party later on in the evening. Um, in the meantime, they could watch, you know, a, a Mariah Carey concert on TV. Okay. It was the 2000s. Or oh, the, yeah. Well, the 90s. Yeah, Mariah was still pretty hot then. Well, it was the saying. 90s, actually, yeah. yeah. She was high. Um, another one, he asked if she could just help him carry some boxes in from oh, his okay. car. So right. lots of different methods for tripping them in. Um, once they got in, he would tell, tell them to try a rare wine um, that he said was from India or the Philippines. Yeah. Which was why it tasted weird, but actually it was drugged. Of course, yeah. Um, sometimes he said it would be a good luck toast if you drank it all in one go. <laughs> yeah. Right, brilliant, mm. yeah. Um, a genius. So work. then all these videotapes that he made after this show the rest, so he pulls all the unconscious women onto the bed, um, even though they're taller than him. Some of them, Lucy apparently would have been quite a bit taller than him, but right, so okay. it was quite an effort. And yeah. then he, know, like, this is just horrible. Sometimes he tied them down. He penetrated them with foreign objects. Like, just, disgu- like, horrible stuff. And while he was doing all these things to these poor women, he would put chloroform cloths in their mouth so that they would stay unconscious throughout the whole thing. Right. And then he would film it all using professional video equipment and the proper lights. So the right, women okay. normally wouldn't wake up for 24 hours or 48 hours, um, 
which is quite to- uh, after feeling really sick with all these toxic drugs yeah. they didn't know what had happened and then sometimes even put their own clothes back it on them and kind of let them go or told them that they drank a lot yeah and, you know you drank all this vodka you silly girl that kind of thing right okay um and then so the australian girl that he took to hospital yeah. as well it came okay. out that he took her, so this was in 1992, he took her to Hideshima Hospital and told the nurses that she'd eaten bad shellfish. Um, and then they diagnosed her, well, he's giving them all the wrong information as well, no bad yeah, on them. Yeah, he's completely misdirected. Um, as liver failure, with liver failure, because they've eaten bad seafood with a virus that causes hepatitis. Um, but she died a few days later. Her liver was actually preserved at Tokyo Women's Hospital, and when he was under investigation... They actually tested the liver for chloroform, and it was toxic levels of chloroform. So he was charged with her death. Oh, really? Charging wow. connection with her death from that. Good yeah. And they kept the. Because uh... they just happened to have kept the liver. Yeah. So this was, um, and then they also found a phone call from the day after Lucy went missing. Okay. So July the second, while they were on the hospital thing. Yeah. Um, of him calling area hospitals asking how to treat a victim of a drug overdose. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So he's drug doing giving to him drugs. Well, potentially, it but... It seems. You just don't. I don't know that anymore. Yeah. And then, after all this kind of came out and he was arrested, more things started coming out, like that he'd purchased that chainsaw and cement mixture, all the things they found receipts right. for, yeah. kind of okay. shop owners started coming forward and stuff. At his apartment, you know, he had the police who'd come round, now they sort of realising, yeah. oh, crap. This is all coming together. And they were like, oh, he did have cement on his hands <sighs> when we went round. His neighbours said that they'd actually seen, they had had seen him pacing around the beach next to his apartment. Right. And then, apparently, he went to hospital the next day because he had so many bug bites from being outside all night. But despite all that information, so all this, like, incriminating evidence... Yeah. So this is all happening in sort of, like, October, November. Yeah. They didn't properly search the area around his apartment until February. Okay. So on February the 9th, they found Lucy's body um, dismembered. Right. In a shallow grave under a bathtub a few hundred metres away from Obara's apartment. Oh, really? Um, her body had been cut into eight pieces and her head had been shaved and encased in concrete. Right. Grim. Grim. So, who the fuck is this guy? Actually? Yeah. So, there's quite a lot about him online um, and all the horrible things. Been What's done. the guy's name? He's called Joji Obara. So, he was born in 1952 to um, an impoverished Korean family. Right. So he was born into a poor family. His dad was a scrap collector um, who became a taxi driver. And then he worked his way into owning a fleet of cars and kind of amassed a fortune. Okay. But he was kind of aware that Koreans were discriminated against. So it might have affected, like, Joji's, how he was kind of grew up, I suppose. Yeah. But before his connection with Lucy, he only had one brush with the law before. Okay. Ever despite all these videotapes and these women. Yeah. So that was in 1998. He was arrested in a women's toilet in a beach town where he was dressed in drag and attempting to videotape a woman in the toilet. Right, okay. So kind of, he was charged with a misdemeanour and he was just fined £75 for that. Yeah. And that was it. And then he was let go. That was probably in the middle of one of his... Like, in the middle of all the things he was doing. Yeah. As well. Yeah, presumably, yeah. Yeah. So it came to trial and the trial went on for years. Really? Mm-hmm. So it didn't actually... The verdict didn't come out until 2007. Bloody hell. Wait, what was he charged with multiple... He was charged with drugging, raping and killing Lucy Blackman, as well as raping six other women yeah. and 
the manslaughter of another hostess. Right, okay. So the indictment or whatever the kind of legal thing said that he made Blackman drink a drink containing a drug before raping her and killing her. And then she died as a result of the poisoning is what the kind of thing said. But on April the 24th, 2007, when the verdict came out, he was jailed for life on multiple rape charges and manslaughter. So that of Carita, the Australian Australian girl. girl. But he was acquitted of Lucy Blackman's rape and murder. He was acquitted? He was acquitted. Okay. What was the... Was there any reason? Was it just insufficient evidence? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Essentially, they had loads of evidence supporting like his guilt in terms of all the rape charges because he made all those videos of himself that he kept. Yes. Like, those 400 rape videos in yes. his apartment with his dog yeah. in the freezer. That apartment. Um, for the manslaughter of Carita Ridgway, the Australian girl, they were able yeah, to okay. follow... You know, they had the chloroform sample in the liver. Yeah, they were able yeah, to yeah. follow the paper trail yeah, back. Yeah, that's a smoking gun, isn't it? So, yeah. So yeah. from, you know, she died in hospital and then coupled with the set, the kind of, I guess, the methods that he uses on all the other women, plus the hit, the bit of paper that was in his apartment showing that he admitted her to hospital, he felt the need to keep that. Yeah. I read somewhere else he was like a massive hoarder and he had loads of junk in there. Oh, well. really? Well, he had his frozen dead dog, didn't he? Including so, yes. his frozen dead dog, yeah. But they couldn't produce any forensic evidence linking him to the death of Lucy Blackman. Oh, really? Or the cause of death, just because her body was so decomposed by the time. Yeah, because they've been so slow. To... Because they were so slow. I mean, it was like eight eight months later. My math isn't very good, but a long like a long time. Yeah, that was well, later. That's a huge amount of time. Um, there was also some weird thing where he's never admitted his guilt at all, right? Yeah, of course. But he gave money to Lucy's dad. Gave money to. What, sorry, he settled out or paid out or something? He kind of, like, yeah, there's a sort of something in Japan, maybe like a custom, you know, like if you get, you can pay the injured party some money, but it doesn't get taken into account as an accept, as a show of guilt either. Yeah, it's so not that visible in court. It's yeah, just a that's thing right, yeah. Do. Yeah. Okay, that's weird, but fine. That's a weird, it's a strange custom, I mean. It's not weird that he would do that. Well, it is everything he's done. Well, it's kind of, to me, it means like, uh, guilty. It, well, it does, but I can see why it's not admissible. I just think it's a, overall, that's a strange custom, isn't it? But whatever. Yeah. But the judge anyway said that, like, he doesn't, he didn't take any importance from a bar of paying this consolation money. He wasn't going to take any time off the sentence for the money no. either. So the, like, judicial system in Japan got, like, quite a lot of criticism for this kind of case. Especially from overseas. Yeah, especially from overseas, kind of saying that they didn't take it seriously because she was working illegally, and, you know, that's why they didn't search for long enough, like, early enough, sorry, and then they didn't find the body in time, and then that's why they didn't have the forensic evidence, because the body was too decomposed, and they just didn't find it in time. Yeah, definitely. But in December 2008... Okay, so like a year after the finish of the trial. Yeah, over a year later. (laughs) Yeah. um, The case went to the High Court... Tokyo High Court. Oh, okay. And they ruled that Obara was guilty oh, really? of dismembering Miss Blackman and abandoning her body because they can't prove that he killed her. But they've got but, him on. Yeah, the other evidence. So they didn't okay. change his sentence because he's already jailed for life. Yeah, but, and they would have given it to him concurrently anyway, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, but he was kind of... He was eventually... That's a huge amount of... I mean, it, it, it's not him being convicted of her murder but it, for, in ter- for the family that's quite that's a decent amount of closure isn't it it's something at least yeah it's something yeah but that happens so often doesn't it we have these uh, these crimes happening overseas with you know foreign national like uh, with the, the Foxy Noxy and loads of these trials where people are so quick to criticise the local police force and I think that gets their back up a little bit doesn't it 
because I think when as soon as their family starts pestering the Japanese police department going listen you need to do more here I'm going to ring Richard Branson and Tony Blair you really have to push it's going to be frustrating isn't it but no, I guess it's one of those things um, and then in December 2010 he appealed that decision okay but they rejected it. Oh, good. And they were like, fuck off. I hope, I mean, I'm sure they didn't say fuck off, but I hope they said. Yeah, okay. Well, good. As long as he has the rest of his life to think about the really unspeakable things he did, then that's fine, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So, Lucy has had a trust promoting personal safety established in her name, and I think her family oh, does okay. a lot of work with people whose, or families whose, families whose family goes missing abroad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just... But like you said, like you said at the top of the show, like uh, hugely underreported, isn't it? That does need to be in place, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, not just for for white for white British girls that go over there. But yeah, I mean that that was pretty dark that one. But at least he, at least we got him in the end. Mm-hmm. It was an unsolved one. Yes, like he week. is in jail, and I mean he hasn't. It hasn't been properly proven that he killed her, but I think we can all come to our own conclusion. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's safe to say that. Yeah, I mean, it, in my amateur opinion, it sounded like he did murder. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is the Japanese. Well, that was pretty good. That was really grim. Um, there was some really odd sort of Patrick Bateman esque touches. Very strange. Yeah, uh, the the videotapes, the 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 frozen dog, the letters, all the really yeah, the the really mad like covering his tracks. Like I don't mm. actually join a cult. Um, yeah, and it took place in Japan. So good, full marks. You win. That's good. Thank Jolly you. Jolly good. Um, do I have to set you a new t- a new challenge? You do. Okay, oh god. Uh, should, I, should we stick with countries, but should we do a good old-fashioned British murder next week? A British murder? Yes, a very good one. Not Jack the Ripper, not, you know, uh, Ian Huntley or whatever. A good, uh, one that I've probably not heard of. Okay. An underrated British underrated murder. Underrated British murder with a conclusion. Oh, yeah. Okay, with a conclusion. You're getting quite specific. Not an unsolved one. Yeah, well, I have to ramp it up because, you know. Okay. We're, we're, we're building here. Okay. You're getting good at this, so I need to I need to up my game. <laughs> okay, yeah. fine. An underrated British murder with a conclusion it is. Yes. That's a catchy theme. Catchy theme. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody, again. Thank um, you. Remember, we are available on iTunes now. Yeah, you can get us on iTunes or you can get us on SoundCloud. And, that, and SoundCloud, to be fair, comes with nice little artwork for each episode, which we both enjoy doing, so that's a nice little bonus. So it is iTunes. No, I don't think iTunes pulls it in, does it? It just uses the series episode picture. It does. It's on my... It's on my why are we arguing? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. bye. Mostly murder. Mostly murder.